0: Well, the Ducks got shut out again, but hey, it's mid-season reports card time, so let's hit it. you Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. We've got a lot to get to. There was a game that took place, I'm going to say, when most of you hear this, it'll be last night. So, this is a late Wednesday, early Thursday morning pod. We will still have goals Thursday. So, this is like a little post game thing that I'm going to do. But most importantly, It is mid-season report cards. So the first segment will be about last night's game. And also, a little trivia question that I mentioned on the last podcast, the Wednesday morning podcast. Well, I found the answer to that, so we'll talk about that. But the last two segments will be my mid-season report cards. Yes, the Ducks have played 41 games, 42 in fact. And I thought it'd be a good time to bust out the mid-season report cards. So let's talk about last night's game. Do we have to? Yes, we do. The Ducks got shut out once again, this time to the potent offense that is the Colorado Avalanche. They got shut out. But hey, you know what? It wasn't that bad of a game. It, it really wasn't. When you think about all the personnel that the Ducks were missing, thinking about who they had on their roster, I honestly thought it would be a 4-1 to game. I did not think it would be 2 to nothing. The defense did a good job for the most part on this game. And you know what? The Ducks had their chances. The first period especially, they were out chancing, out shooting the Colorado Avalanche. It was a shame that none of those went in because the Ducks could have easily had a 1-0 lead after 20 minutes and it just never happened. But the big thing that happened in the first period was by far the fight between Curtis McDermott and Nicholas Delorier. Now, these two do have a history. Curtis McDermott was previously with the Los Angeles Kings. And when you're an Anaheim Duck and you're playing the Los Angeles Kings, you know, things are going to get fired up. The first time these two fought, McDermott did have the advantage and actually McDermott really had the upper hand in that first fight. Second fight, call it a draw. DeLaurier did decidedly win, I guess, one fight. And I would say, I'd say he won this one too, maybe not by much. But I gotta love the fact that both players kinda nodded and said, you know what, good fight, good fight. I also love that both players kind of yelled at the lines and said, no, let us keep going. And Delorier was the first one to get McDermott's helmet off. He got a couple good swipes in there. Yeah, when I'm talking about a fight, you you know the rest of the game was bad. It really was. I mean, it was a bad turnover by Trevor Ziegress that resulted in the Ducks first I mean goal allowed by Sam Girard. So it was 1-0 after 40 minutes. And then the other goal that was allowed, that was kind of an empty netter. You know, it is what it is. Kadri. Yep. So the Ducks lost 2-0. They haven't scored since last Friday. It's been that long, folks. The last time they scored was when they put up 3 against the Minnesota Wild. They got shut out at Chicago. So they've gone 134 consecutive in-game minutes without scoring a goal. By the way, guess who has not played in any of those three games? Troy Terry. If you listen to the previous podcast, I did mention the importance of Troy Terry and what the Ducks are missing when he is not in the lineup. And we saw that in full force on Wednesday's Yeah, it, it was it was unlike anything I've seen in the past like few weeks. The Ducks offense, aside from that first two lines was completely non-existent. I mean, where was the offense being generated when you have Buddy Robinson out there with Greg Patteron? It's really non-existent. What happens when the Ducks allow Greg Patteron and Jacob Larson to take penalties? The PK's going to come out. But you know what? At least the penalty kill was good. So there's that. But aside from that top line of Zygris, Raquel, and Getzloff, there was not a whole lot of offense generated at all. So that's what you're really missing without Troy Terry. I mean, without sending Milano too. Milano provides a certain spark to that team, but Troy Terry, so important to this team. He would have at least fired maybe three or four shots on this one. I think Troy Terry could have gotten a goal on tonight's game. I mean, hey, he is a University of Denver product. He would love to score against the Avalanche, but it just didn't happen because Troy Terry is still out under COVID protocol, although he is now eligible to be out of COVID protocol. So I would expect him, definitely expect him, to be on tomorrow's roster. I'm fully expecting it. So before we had to break, I did mention on the previous show that Troy Terry is a fifth-round draft pick that made the All-Star team. There have not been a whole lot of guys that have been drafted in the fifth round or later that have made the All-Star team. So I said on the last episode, I wonder how many guys there were. Well, of course, me being me, I had to go and check. And I even went so far as to say, how many fifth round or later picks since the 2000 draft have actually made the All-Star team? And I have an answer for you guys. And I'm not going to wait till an ad break. I'm just going to tell you what it is right now. There have been 21, count them, 21 All-Stars in the past 22 drafts that have been from the fifth round or later that have made the All-Star team. 21. And here's some of them. From the 2000 draft, Henrik Lundqvist, that's a pretty big name. 2001, Mike Smith. Yes, that's Mike Smith. The same Mike Smith who scored... Of what was it, a 200 foot goal at All Star Weekend in Los Angeles? The same Mike Smith that is somehow still playing up in Canada? Yes, that Mike Smith. 2004, Pecorino, who just retired. That's a pretty big name. How about 2007, Jamie Benn? 2009, Darcy Kemper, who plays for, oh yeah, the Colorado Avalanche. Now, 2010, this one's kind of a technicality. Frederick Anderson. Kind of, yes. The same Freddie Anderson. So if you guys don't know the whole story, Freddie Anderson was drafted in 2010 by the Carolina Hurricanes. And then he went back to play overseas. So he was not eligible to be in the following year's draft. He had a way to, to fall an additional year. So in the 2012 draft, he was selected in the second round by the Ducks. And that's how that happened. So Freddie Anderson is technically considered a fifth round or later draft pick that made an all-star game. But, you know, I'm going to count it. I'm going to count it just for the sake of counting it, because I'm me. Oh, and finally, 2015, the latest year where this had occurred. There's two guys, by the way. 2015's fifth round, Troy Terry and some guy named Kirill Kaprizov. Who also made his first All-Star game this season, so how about that? Kaprizov and Terry, two fifth-round picks in that 2015 draft that are now All-Stars, and in fact, I think there could be a third in that 2015 fifth round. I'm I'm gonna give him some love, but the guy likes bread. Andrew Mangiapani of the care of the Calgary Flames, rather, ha <laughs> ha. The Flames. I like Mangiapane a lot. I think he's going to be a better goal scorer in the coming years. I think he could be a possible all-star, and there could be three fifth-round picks from that 2015 draft. So you never know. But hey, there's two right now. So once again, there you go. 21 fifth-round or later all-stars since 2000, and Troy Terry is now one of them. So, once again, congratulations to Troy Terry, and uh, we miss you, Troy. We we really miss you down at the Pond. Please come back on Friday. All right, we are going to head into the first intermission, but first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you're not on their mailing list or you don't check their website or their Twitter, they have several fantastic limited edition flavors that always come out once in a while, The Churro Puff is one of them. You have some great built bars that just come out time and time again. And another one that just came back. I mean, Churro Puffs are back. And they're 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15. Yeah, that's the big one. I mean, I could talk about the Built Boost, the actual Built Bars. I could talk about White Chocolate Raspberry Cheesecake. That's back to... Yeah, those are all great. But it's all about the Churro Puff. It is back right now, right this moment at Built.com. So head over there right now, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, coming up after the break, I'm going to give out some grades. It is mid-season report card time. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And once again, I've been covering hockey for a long time. It's been over 10 years. And I've seen some pretty good hockey teams. I've seen some pretty lousy hockey teams. The last couple seasons of Anaheim Ducks hockey has been particularly lousy. The last time I did a midseason report card, I gave out a lot of terrible grades. I gave out a lot of Fs a lot of Ds, some Cs, a couple of Bs. I think I've given out one A, and that's it. I've given out exactly one A, and that was to John Gibson because he was single-handedly saving the Ducks at the time, and that was it. That was really it. Oh, boy. But, my, how times have changed, haven't they? They really have. So I've actually given out, I mean, by my count, there's six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven... 16 great, no 15 grades here. There's a lot, so let's get into it right now. First, with the overall offense for the Anaheim Ducks, the overall offense is still in the bottom half of the rankings as far as scoring goals. Uh, They've had trouble generating offense the past couple of games, and in fact, the last three games have been reflected on their goals for per game dropping from 15th down to I think it's 21st last time I checked but the Ducks are certainly down there a little bit more on scoring goals and in fact they're 20th right now so they've dropped from 16th all the way down to 20th just in the last few few games that's not going to cut it so I'm going to give this grade a B minus a B minus and it went down just based on the last couple of games I had originally given this a B, but the fact that they cannot generate any offense on those third and fourth lines, that tells me everything I need to know. So overall offense, I'm giving a B minus. Now overall defense, they've had their moments. They've had their pretty decent moments. As far as goals allowed, they're right up their 14th. That has also gone down. They did give up 7 goals to the Minnesota Wild. They gave up 3 to Chicago, only 2 to Colorado. So that 7 spot really set them back a little bit. They've dropped out of the top 10 into 14th right now, which is not bad. They're right in the middle. So for the defense, I'm going to give it a B. Solid B. Defense has been much better this season than last season. John Gibson still needs to get the taser out once in a while but not as much as the previous two seasons. In fact, some might say this is kind of an average or slightly above average season for John Gibson as a result of that, but the defense has been markedly better. Fowler has been good. Manson has been good. Jamie Drysdale, he was thrown to the Wolves last season, and this season, even though he's made some rookie mistakes still, his defense has gotten better. It really has. And he's been a part of that dynamic defense. And also been a big part of the special teams. Which I will get to in a little bit. So now let's break down positionally. Let's go forwards, defensemen, goaltending. And I'll start with the forwards. This one's going to be a little bit shocking. So get ready. Forwards overall, I'm still going to give an A-. I really am. Because Troy Terry... Ryan Getzloff, and then you have Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegras. That offense has been clicking on all cylinders this season. They were one of the top offenses in the league. They still are a great offensive juggernaut when they have everyone healthy and uninjured. Yes, COVID has taken out Troy Terry for the last few games. You see how bad the Ducks offense is. Without Troy Terry. With Troy Terry, they're pretty freaking good. So I'm just gonna give the forwards an A minus based on that merit. And when they have everyone back, that's a legit top two line that can roll with just about any team out there. When you have everyone healthy, I challenge you to find me, you know, five or six other teams that can match up. I mean, look at that top line. When they're healthy. You have the Getzloff line. When they're healthy. With Adam Henrique, Who was having a resurgent season. And Troy Terry. Who's had a phenomenal season. And then you have that second line. Of Raquel Zigris Milano. Oh boy. That line was doing some amazing work. And even Lundestrom on the third line. Was still doing pretty darn good. But that top 6 was amazing. So I'll give it an A-. minus. Defense? I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give it a B-. Manson has been okay. Yeah, he's been fine. But when you continually have Jacob Larson on defense... That typically spells trouble as it did in the last game. When you have Greg Patterson still playing on defense... That can cause some concern as well. And the defense, frankly... They, I mean, they've been fine. They've been fine. I I kind of feel weird giving the forwards an A- and the defensemen a B-. But there are still some improvements that need to be made on defense because of this following grade. Goaltending. John Gibson has been great. There, he's also been kind of above average this season, but not super stellar. Anthony Stolarz has been great, but there's been a couple of bad games on his end. Luca Dostal. He's just come up. Yeah, he had a bad game recently. So I'm super, super close to giving the goaltending an A minus, but I'm going to be that strict teacher and just leave it at a B plus. B plus for goaltending, they're almost A caliber goaltending. Almost. But hey, a B plus is still a good grade. And you know, I haven't given any grades below a B minus yet. So hey, small victories, right? I mean, You know, beggars can't be choosers here. What, you want me to give an A to everybody? I have to be honest here, there are still some little flaws here and there, and I have to keep it as honest as possible. There are going to be some lower grades coming, don't worry, but that's how I feel about that. Alright, we are going to head into the second intermission, then I will give out the rest of my grades, but first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And the divisional round of the NFL playoffs are coming up very soon. Additionally, you also have, oh, what's this? Oh, the NBA and the NHL, they're going on as well. Yeah, NBA All-Star Game is coming. The NHL All-Star Game is coming. So you got a lot of action coming up, both in basketball and hockey. And the best place to find the latest lines is betonline.ag. That is right. Use promo code LOCKEDON. To get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I'm still giving out some grades on this mid-season reports card episode. As I mentioned, this is a late Wednesday, early Thursday drop. Most of you will be listening to this on Thursday morning. Some of you might stay up and listen on late Wednesday, but hey, whatever the case may be, definitely thank you for making this your first listen of the day. All right, so let's continue with the report card. I gave five grades already, but let's go with some of the special grades, and it starts with special teams. This one, this one should be obvious to everyone. Special teams gets an A. Only reason it's not an A plus is the special teams has been lacking a little bit without certain guys on the roster right now, like Troy Terry, Say Milano, but special teams still gets an A. They are still top five in the league in power play. Or actually, no, they dropped. They dropped out of top five in the power play. So that's why it's not an A plus anymore. They're still fourth in PK at 85.1%. But based on the last three games, they've dropped to 25% on the power play. They're sixth in the league in power play. But you know what? The special teams has been amazing this year. They've already scored more goals than all of last season on the power play. In fact, they passed that mark like a dozen games ago. That's how good it is, folks. Let me remind you that the Ducks were historically bad on the power play last season. They were under 10%. That's how bad it was. That was the grade I gave an F to last season. I gave special teams an F. To go from an F to an A, that is a major accomplishment, which segues to my next grade. Now, coaching, I gave overall a B, but I thought that was unfair. So I actually split this into two categories. Dallas Eakins, I'm going to give a C because there is still some questionable coaching decisions that Dallas Eakins makes in the game. Before the game with the lineups. Assistant coaches, I'm going to give an A. Absolutely. Jeff Ward and Mike Stuthers have been stalwart in creating this great special teams unit that they've helped just let flourish. And the guys love Coach Ward. They love Coach Stuthers. Having those two behind the bench this season has done nothing but wonders for this team. So does it make sense that the special teams get an A and the assistant coaches get an A? Hell yeah! Absolutely! And I still can't get over what Dallas Eakins did in regards to Zegris last season. It's still hard to get over that. And he has done that a couple of times this season where he's noticeably eased back on letting the kids play. He's doing that now so many games later. It took a while, but Eakins is getting there. So I still give him a C. Management. Actually, I'm going to leave that one for, for last. Let's go to special grades for some of the players. Jamie Drysdale, I'm going to give a B plus. He's still a baby, but he's really trying and he has made some strides in his defensive game. So I'm going to give him a B plus. Kevin Shattenkirk, I gave him a B for Bear. Yeah, that video was just everything. The video of Kevin Shattenkirk hiding in the Bear costume, scaring the crap out of everyone, including this next guy that I'm going to give a grade to, Trevor Zegris. Now, Trevor Zegris and Cine Milano are going to get the same grade. They're going to get an A for Amazing. Not just for that goal that they pulled off at Buffalo, but just their overall play. They've had a lot of back and forth, some great passes to each other that have resulted in some highlight real goals on both Sonny Milano's and Trevor Zegris' side. So I have to give them both an A. Troy Terry. Troy Terry, he gets an A. Plus. And that's the first A plus that I am giving. Probably ever on this program. But if there's anybody that deserves an A+. It is Troy freaking Terry. Or as Sarah Avampato likes to say. Troy Vetchkin. A+. All the way. John Gibson. I would give a great T for Taser. But I'm really just going to give him a B plus Because he's been solid. But there's been a couple that he wants back. So I'm just going to give me a B+. The fourth line with Derek Grant. Now, I have said he's the Elite 1C, but I'm just going to make it completely honest here. That fourth line has not been good at generating offense this season. They've let in some bad goals. When you have the fourth line going up against the first line earlier this season, and to see the Ducks give up those goals, it sucked. Which is partially why I gave Coach Eakins a C grade, and I'm giving this fourth line with Grant a D plus. That'll be my lowest grade that I give out this year? A D plus, You know what? If that's the lowest grade I give out, I'll take that as a small victory. So why not? Alright. Let's go to management. I have exactly three more grades to give out. Management gets an incomplete because it is in progress once Bob Murray resigned. That kind of changed the fortunes a little bit. And now you have... GM Solomon with the keys and a very important trade deadline coming up. You know what? This grade is in progress. I want to see how he does when he has the keys. So that's management's grade. Two more grades, and this is more just like me giving shoutouts. Lindsay Ember, the organist for the Anaheim Ducks, gets an A+. She has gone through... Quite a bit this year. If you haven't read up on her story. Definitely check it out. We kind of take organists for granted sometimes. Like some people think. Oh there's an organ player that's just there. That no. Lindsay Ember. Is definitely a one of a kind organist. Definitely read up on her story. And she puts out some bangers. Whether it's part of your world. From Little Mermaid or DuckTales, which is a classic. Or one of my other favorites that she played once and I loved it, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, amongst other Disney tunes. But then you kind of throw out some musical ones like Phantom of the Opera. I've heard that one played. I've even heard Lay Miz on that organ and a couple of video game tunes in there. So, Lindsay, if you're listening... I will let you know when I go there because I love the musicals that are played on there. So, yeah, got to give Lindsay Ember a shout out there. And one final grade. And this is kind of going to be a special grade here. So get ready. The social media team. That is right. The social media team for the Anaheim Ducks gets an A+. And this is not close. Part of that is led by Tyler, Tyler, who's done an awesome job with the social media. It all started with that reveal of the schedule when you had the leaf blower joke, when you called the Vegas Golden Knights a bunch of dorks and then beating Vegas. That was a chef's kiss. You know, that whole schedule reveal was just great. You didn't have to have, you know, all these fancy drones and whatnot, no actors, No cameos, nope, just straight up stock video, old footage, and there you go. You got a banger of a schedule release. But then there's been some other great content. You've had the guys do their Christmas videos, the iconic video of Trevor Zegas getting scared by the giant teddy bear. Just all of it is fantastic. So Duck Social, you get an A plus all the way. And I feel like I wanted to end on that one. Really because they've knocked it out and the fans have come back in droves. So great to see Social just getting out there, having meetups and all that stuff. It is great. So yeah, positive note to end on. All right, thank you so much for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. We will be back later today with our regular Goals Thursday. And we've got a couple of games to talk about, including a very short-handed game against Stockton. That will be on Goals Thursday. In the meantime, don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Stitcher, Spotify, among others. Thank you for making this your first listen. Don't forget to make Locked On Bets your second listen with your boy Q. Check it out. Also, also, my Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. The email is Locked On Ducks at gmail.com. Thank you so much. It is greatly, greatly appreciate it. I give all of you listeners out there an A++, so thank you very much. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.